Hello, everyone, and welcome to the King of Pro Wrestling podcast. We are back again with a Phil Singer Games edition, uh, and I am joined not only by Todd Gershel, who uh, always rides shotgun for these these podcasts, uh, but also this time the the creator uh, of the Champions of the Galaxy and the the game system that we all love so much, the founder of Phil Singer Games, Tom Phil Singer himself. Uh, super excited to have him here with us, and we'll be discussing the new best of Champions of the Galaxy set, which is the uh, celebrating 50 game editions. And of course, we talked a bit about uh, the history of the game uh, just last time when, when we were talking about the 50th set being released, but we're going to go a little bit more in depth since we have Tom with us. Uh, and we'll also talk about the new um, George Tregos Luthez Hall of Fame Legends set that was headlined by Jack Briscoe. It was just recently released, uh, as well as even touch briefly on the uh, Best of the Indies Tag Team set. And then, of course, we'll have a few uh, announcements towards the end, so make sure you stick around. Um, but but without any further ado, the Dark Menace himself, Tom Filsinger, is here with us. Tom, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Ooh, hell yeah! I'm here, and I'm looking for action tonight. Excellent. Well, it's great to be with it. you and to be with two illustrious people like you and Todd. Um, I couldn't be having a better evening. Well, again, I'm just I'm thrilled. You know, I've been playing the game for uh, 26 years, I think now uh, is when I ordered my first set was back in April of 1994. Um, And, uh, you know, just just having played the game for such a long time and collected the game uh the first time that we got to speak um at at galacticon uh, in july was a thrill and I, I really had fun doing that that interview and um when you mentioned your desire to be on the podcast and talk more i was just super excited so I, i'm so glad that you're here and and i'm looking forward to uh you know like i said taking a bit of a, a deep dive uh perhaps even down memory memory lane uh, as we as we talk about the the 50 game editions and, and celebrating that with the best of set that just came out. Well, it's great to be here. I, I've, I've worked with Todd before. We worked on podcasts in the past, but I really love also your style as an interviewer and as a speaker. So it is my pleasure to be here. Well, thank you so much. I, I appreciate that. Um, now, I, I wanted to start off with a question for those that, that might not be uh, aware um, your background, um, you know, the, the, the game is, is clearly, you know, has been a passion project and, and a, you know, something for you to, to pour your creativity into. Um, but if you don't mind, um, why don't you let the listeners know, um, what your, your day job is, if you will, when you're not being the dark menace. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, let's see. I think I had two day jobs. Um, uh, one, three, <laughs> maybe one, a husband, Two, a father, and then three, a, a psych professor. And um, so that, that's technically the other job though, that I am getting paid for. And um, I, I've, I, you know, I've been lucky. I was just talking about that today. I, I filmed a video today about Best Of that will be released in the days ahead. But I was talking to the uh, filmmaker who I worked with, and I said, you know, one of the reasons that this because he was amazed by our subculture. He loved Sam's article in 
the new best of handbook because it, it gives you a fan's glimpse of what this has been all about. <clears throat> and he wondered, you know, how, how has that kept going for so long? And I think a big reason it kept going for so long is because I didn't have to worry about it making money. That would have, I think, changed my writing even. I don't even know if I would have done it, frankly, because I do it for pleasure and I can do that. And I don't have to worry where my paycheck is coming from or where my health insurance is coming from. So, you know, that, 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 that helped. And, uh, and plus uh, teaching isn't a nine to five job college teaching. So you can get four months off a year if you really want to, which I did so that those <laughs> four months I could really dedicate to the game company. But even during the school year, it's not nine to five. So I can, I can always figure out, you know, time to do the game because the game's not work. You know, Todd knows sometimes it is work when you are <laughs> doing the final edits. It is yep. real serious work. And yeah. when you have to mail out a whole bunch of stuff, it's a lot of work then too. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. Luckily the foundation is fun and community. And you can build a lot on that foundation. You can do a lot of work if that's the reason you're doing the work. And uh, so I've always wanted to keep that. And you know what? So what I'm saying is that day job of being a psych professor, which I also love, by the way, yeah, allowed this to grow and flourish on its own with no pressures added of having to make a certain income regularly or something like that. And I was telling this guy, you know, every time I write a new game edition, I don't write for anybody. I write to make the story the best story it can be and the characters, interesting characters as I see them. And as long as it continues to be that personal vision, unfiltered by practical concerns, I think that's why it stays, it retains its integrity that this is the way I see it. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that one of the things that has made the game so compelling over the years to a lot of the fans, including myself, is that it, it does feel very organic. You know, nothing, nothing really ever feels forced. It, the, the story certainly feels like it, it, it flows in, in, in an honest and genuine way. Um, and, and I think that that's something that attracts a lot of people, especially because, you know, we're inundated, I think, with so many different stories these days that do feel forced. So many uh, um, film, you know, companies are trying to find the next big franchise and, you know, and so they're, they're forcing uh, certain plot elements here or there in order to, to dovetail with another film. And it, you know, it feels disjointed. It doesn't work as well. And, um, you know, that's something that, that we definitely don't see, um, I think with champions of the galaxy and, and I know, you know, something that I'll say as an analog for any listeners that might not be as familiar with the game. Although at this point, considering how much you've heard me talk about it over the past year and a half, I don't know how you wouldn't be. Um, but it, it feels to me like, you know, we see a lot of, and I love DC comics, but we see a lot of the DC extended universe approach, which is sort of like just thrown together and, and, and forced a bit uh, and, and COTG feels much more like an MCU approach where those movies just really did 
you know, feel mostly organic going from one to the next and the little seeds planted in one. And, um, and I know that comic books in general were a big influence, um, on you. Um, and I, you know, I'd love to take an opportunity to ask you about, um, you know, your, your love affair with comic books and, and when and how that began and what some of your favorites are. Yeah. I, you know, I was one of those generation of people. It's just pure luck where you are young and impressionable at the time when something is actually special. I mean, Marvel Comics from 1961 to about 68 was everything we're seeing in the movies now. Yeah, It it was when it all started. It was being built. Well, it was pretty darn nice to be eight years old back then. Because, (laughs) uh, you know what? Um, I'll tell you another thing that was nice. You know, the comic books, you know, did not take themselves too seriously. Mm. And so they could just be stories that were written with a children's audience in mind because that's what it was back then. But yeah. Stan Lee and those people just simply creating the best stuff they could create. So it could appeal to a broader audience, which it did. And that's when the whole comic book market started to become bigger collectible college students reading them because now when you get to like today a lament i have about comic books is that a young person really can't enjoy them they are uh they're too violent they're too unsettling they're too complicated you don't understand back history so i i feel very fortunate that at that time in my life i was able to enjoy that from the ground up and I've always retained those values that the, what, what I'm writing shouldn't be, uh, what's the word I want when you're putting in violence, just to have violence in there. Oh, gratuitous. Yeah. You know, Stanley, we would talk about that. He said, you know, with the stuff, somebody asked him, what about all the violence in the comics? He said, I don't consider it violence. And it wasn't from him. He said it was action. And it's true. There's, to me, a big difference. I, I can't let a young person read some of the Marvel comics I read today. It blows somebody's head off. That, that should not be something young people are exposed to, in my opinion. Yeah. So anyway, um, so we don't do gratuitous violence. We do action. We do character development. And the violence is part of the conflict that must be resolved. But that's just real life. And... Um, we're not, uh, I, I, I definitely don't create ultra violence unless that violence is something that clearly should be being punished, uh, that they're the bad guys doing it. You know, you always have those anti-heroes like Wolf that are violent, but they're good guys and that's edgy. And I understand that too. And I'm good with that. I just don't believe in taking that too. Uh, we've done it sometimes in the game's history where things happen and they lead to moral conflict about, you know, what's a hero, what's a villain, what's going too far, what's not going too far. I could go back to when Blazing Skull actually killed somebody. Right. Um, So, you know, these issues have been brought up in the game, but I try to bring them up realistically where possible. You know, the game features these problematic issues, Black Death, implied many deaths throughout the galaxy. Um, 
but I am portraying that in a in a more sanitized way. You want to be a combination of realistic but not gratuitous, and that's what I'm trying to get at. So technically, Hector was probably murdered. Mm-hmm. We had another attempted murder, really, last set of mm-hmm. Wolf and Monolith. So, you know, then it gets those issues. When, when does this all go too far? Professional wrestling has done that stuff, too, uh, where they have presented angles that involved violence or injuries. But obviously, they're not doing it for real. So Right, right. So anyway, I'm a bit rambling a bit here, but I enjoyed this kind of talk. I, I like, you know, when I talk to somebody like I talked to today, they don't know much about the game, so I always have to keep it real surface. Sure. Sometimes try to go a little deeper. When I'm with you guys, I can, you know, let loose a little bit. Yeah. Really no, explore issues that aren't often talked about. Absolutely. And I think that's fantastic because one of the things that certainly, you know, when you do think about violence and you think about it in the real world and the way that it's portrayed in film and television, and then, of course, the the professional wrestling realm and how that relates to the game, um, I, I think that you, you hit on some great points. And, and one of the things that I kept thinking while you were speaking is that um, because, you know, you have this set in, in a wrestling world, there are there are rules and 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 sure sometimes those rules get broken for dramatic effect and you have the bad guys because bad guys are going to break rules that sort of thing but there's a structure to it and i think so often especially when it does get gratuitous you know there's there's no boundaries and and i think often of um you know horror films it, 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 like great horror films even you know even a, 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 just an old slasher movie or something like that there were still some rules and some boundaries and and these days a lot of those movies you know they're, they're those boundaries have been pushed so far and i'm not saying you know that if people enjoy them they like them that they shouldn't watch them you know i'm not trying to censor anything but i think for me personally once you push that boundary so far it becomes less interesting to me and so I think that with Champions of the Galaxy being set in the wrestling ring, there's there's added drama because you do create this structure and these boundaries and the rules that have to be followed. And when they're not, it's deliberate. It's a choice. And and I think that that's the other key, especially when it comes to violence. It's If it's a choice and if it's not just done for that, that gratuitous effect, like you were talking about earlier um, – then it can have impact. And I think the stories that, that you've told over the past 35 years, they do have an impact because, um, you know, like when Monolith, for instance, was nearly killed and, 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 and the, the impact that that had on the story and the way that it kind of shook up the hero team and the, and, and the result when Monolith returned, the, you know, so much of that um, paid off. And, and, and I think that, you know, anytime you're able to do that in a storytelling sense, it, it makes, you know, it makes it worth it. It it makes sense. And, and oftentimes when, you know, you see people hacked to bits on the screen for no good reason, you're just left with this unsettling feeling like you were mentioning earlier about comic books. Yeah. Well, you, you, you've got to make people somehow care. Now the problem is every time you push the envelope further for them to care, they are getting used to that. And now it's not working. Well, uh, you you talked about death. Look at what comic books did to death. Mm. You know, um, nobody ever dies and stays dead anymore. Right. Killing them in the first place 
draws a lot of attention. Yeah, it's, you know, one of the things that I was thinking about earlier when you're talking about comic books, too, for me, I think one of my favorite comic writers, especially from like the 70s and 80s was Chris Claremont. And I and it's surprising because obviously, you know, you, you talk a lot about somebody like Stan Lee, and it's clear, you know, that, that there is, you know, that his influence um, on you. But sometimes I tend to think of the stories within the COTG realm as as being uh, almost having a kinship to those Chris Claremont X-Men stories because there's, there's, mm-hmm. there's just this wonderful soap operatic element, you know, the, the, the tension that gets played out over multiple sets. And I think the fact that you've been able to build something like that, um, again, in, in an independent manner, you know, without having a big publisher or label or anything like that is very cool. And I, I guess to, to kind of, move us into the direction of talking about 50 game editions in this best of set. When you wrote the first set, was it your intention to continue telling this story long-term or did you think that maybe this would just be one and done? No, it was always intended to be long-term. One and done would have been terribly. No, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I always wanted to keep telling the story. I didn't know if I'd be able to. And I didn't know how long. Yeah. Now I see it's uh, for life, you know. Um, it looks <laughs> like we're all in for good now. So uh, it was always intended to last. Excellent. And at any point over, you know, these past 35 years, was there, was there a time when, when you thought that maybe this was the end? <laughs> I think Todd <laughs> knows that. Yeah, that was my first Galacticon, too. I'm like, wait, it's over already? (laughs) There came a time when we're raising a family and being a full-time tenure-track professor with many responsibilities, including the department chair, and running the game, you know, was, you know, I began to wonder whether this could really work. You know, on one of those days where it's Christmas, I was writing two editions a year, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're just, uh, you're running up against end of semester, buying Christmas gifts, enjoying the holidays, and this, and my fear that I would not be able to do it well and enjoy it anymore. Yeah. And as Todd knows, uh, thinking about the idea that it could end actually led to a storyline called The End. <laughs> where it was unclear for a while. And I announced at that Galacticon that it would continue. And I think a lot of people thought it might not. So they were relieved, but I don't even know if I could ever give it up. You know, it's a weird thing. I mean, every December, January, I'm like, I got to start writing a new set. I mean, I got to, (laughs) if I ever didn't, I'd be like, I'd probably, you know, go running into the streets like a madman, screaming <laughs> and uh, be taken away. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I understand it's, that. It's a rhythm now. It's a rhythm. Yeah, yeah. I think the one set a year rhythm now has definitely made it a lot more sustainable with, yeah. you know, fitting in with everything Oaks and still having the flexibility to do a couple of things, you know, something Oaks, if the, if the, the feeling, you know, moves yeah. you to do something like other parts of the year, you know, but uh, yeah, yeah, like this best of game got under my skin. As soon as I had the idea, the original idea was a new jumping on point. Mm. Now you said something earlier that speaks to why I didn't do that. It would have been too artificial. 
and it would have interfered with my storylines. I felt it did that in 2125, actually, where I kind of have to now write a set as if it's the first one ever. And I find that awkward. And I didn't want to have to do that. I didn't want to interrupt these developments. It just occurred to me, why not just put out a best of, a greatest hits, and let people do with that whatever they're going to do. Hopefully they'll want to start, and now they can start wherever they want to. Yeah. That's the point, though. A few years ago when, you know, you you really – created um you know gave some validity to uh this this uh multiverse within the champions of the galaxy realm one of the things that as as a fan and a longtime fan is i felt like it it validated my storylines and the stuff that i had done um you know in the context of the sets and i'm a fairly by the book player but obviously you know you kind of have to go where the dice take you sometimes and 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 i know that that's an element that i feel like has really opened the game up in a lot of different ways and you know obviously with with mike's centra sets um with you know this best of set with some of the the chronos cards that have been released uh in prime it, it feels like there is this just ever expanding um you know multiverse um for for game fans to now play and and so it while it can feel overwhelming to some people to come in and and think my gosh there's been 50 game editions how will i ever get caught up there are so many different ways to you know to approach the game and to and to get into the game um personally for me that you know i i think if i was coming to the game right now i would be excited at the prospect of i can start and 2087 and work my way up that would be so great uh even if it would take you know forever um do you do you think that with this best of set um do you think more fans because you you know there's actually even in the booklet there is something that's written that says hey you can start at 2087 with our very first set or there's this 2125 set that you can jump on in do you have a preference or, or is there, is there a route you think most people like reading this for the first time would go? Mm, that would be really tough. Uh, I, I really don't have any idea of where a person would be best off starting. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you want to, if you will hold any hope of being caught up <laughs> in being in the modern era, then you would start with 2125. But if you start back at the past, uh, you're going to be playing a while. Right. But, but but so what? I mean, you don't have to get caught up either. You could right. be like Mike Delve. I think, he, right? I think he's in 2101 or something. Now, so who, who knows? <laughs> he's, he's just taking his time going through. You know, what a lot of people will do, too. They'll take their time, but they'll buy the new stuff because they want to always know what's happening. And they might want to collect the cards. Yeah. So they might not even be all caught up. Um, I think it's up to people to figure out let me say this for me for some reason everything is much more crystal crystal clear to me starting in 2127 i think i don't know why i just 2125 was a new beginning and 2126 then kind of awkwardly had to follow that it's in 2127 that i really started to be a storyteller and uh, say okay here's some bigger themes i like working that way I like thinking, well, in five years, here's where I'm trying to go. Even if I don't really wind up going there. 
you know, then this whole universe shattered thing kind of came together as this huge multi-part epic after a while. But that's yeah. organic. That's letting creativity be itself. Letting a story write itself. And that's what I want to keep doing. Yeah. Well, well I mean, I, like I said, I think that it lends, it lends an honesty to uh, everything that uh, a lot of people are, are attracted to. And, and the, the other thing that's great is it allows for... Um, the surprises and something that I'm always interested in, um, just, you know, being a, a creative person and, and, you know, having worked in different artistic arenas over the years myself, um, is there anything in particular, uh, that stands out to you over the past 35 years that surprised you the most as a writer, as you were writing these stories that you just, that, that all of a sudden something happened and, you you didn't know that that was coming and it and it really just you know it was like that's that's the key well sam yes and i'd say that that has happened uh probably dozens if not hundreds of times in the <laughs> writing now to, to awesome. ask myself which one stands out the most after five fifty game editions <laughs> i don't know but all i'm saying is uh, uh most of the time in the writing something happens yeah, and a new idea comes and now it changes the direction of everything. That's normal. That happens every game edition. It's so normal. I can't remember the specific ones. Mm. I, I like that. I love that spontaneity because, you know, one of the things that I think we always strive for is, as an actor is that, you know, you're looking for those, those moments that surprise you, you know, that, 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 that are, that are, that, that, that ultimately feel inevitable, that, that you realize you couldn't have gone anywhere else than where you went. But when you were in that moment, it was just a complete surprise. It was revelatory. Um, well, that's good. That, that's yeah. a good way to say it. So it's, I mean, that's so it's, it's great to hear you say that, you know, especially as, as a fan, there are times when, you know, and I remember when, when things did go to one game edition a year. And at that particular time, I want to say I was, I think it was 18. So I was just getting ready to start college. I want to say around that time. Um, maybe I was a little older, but, um, but at first the announcement, I was like, Oh no, there's only going to be one a year. What am I going to do? Like, and then, and, and, and then luckily life happened and I realized I didn't have time for two a year anymore. <laughs> but, 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 you know, when I was in junior high and high school playing, cause I started playing when I was 12. That was when I got the first set. Like I couldn't, you know, I wanted to be as caught up as I could. And it, and it took me, you know, I was able to get to like 2092 in a relatively short amount of time. Uh, but after that, you know, I started to kind of take my time and, and was able to get up to about 2112, I think. Um, and then that was around the time that like real life just stepped in and it was like, maybe one a year is even too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, um, but let's go back to the beginning for a second, because something that is touched upon in the best of book is that, you know, the actual rules of the game were something that uh, came about when you were in school. Can you, can you tell us a little bit about uh, the creation of the, of the rule system? Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, well, there we go. It's spontaneity again. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just was sitting in a class one day. Well, you were influenced by Stratomatic, and it was very. I, I played Stratomatic before this, and it always reminded me of that. That's 
how much I, you know, the, the, what I kind of equated it to as far as yeah, you know, I mean, it, system it, and stuff. Right. If you're going to play a tabletop version of wrestling, what would it play like? Yeah. It struck me that it would be an action defend system. Mm-hmm. Move, counter move, move, counter move. That's the basis of it. And then, but you don't want it to just be that. So then you've got charts. You've got some choices. It seems to have worked on a lot of different levels in terms of just enough choice, just enough charts, but you don't want it to interfere too much. You know, uh, it it struck a lot of balances and and it seemed to work. And I like that it takes place in real time because when I play, if I really get into a match, I picture it in my mind while it's going on. And then, and it's going on in that time. You know, there was a wrestling game before mine came out in the 80s. And I didn't know that at first. Yeah. It turns out, I think it was Superstars. I forgot what it was called. Superstar Pro Wrestling. Yeah. And I'd already put a lot of work into my game. And in fact, time and effort and money even. And then Mm -hmm. somebody came to me. We were all playing softball one day, a bunch of friends said, hey, by the way, I hate to tell you this, but there's already a wrestling game out. <laughs> and I remember I was I was crestfallen. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, no, I wonder if this means can't work. So then I, I went and found out a little bit more about it. But I saw that the way it played was so different from the way mine plays that yeah. I thought, and plus they were dealing with real wrestling, in their own mm. sort of a way. I don't think they had the licensing. And I was doing Champions of the Galaxy. I thought, I'm going to take my chances anyway. I think this game is going to play in a way that fans are going to like it. And it did. Yeah. I can tell I you, mean, I can it, tell you oh, no, go ahead, say, as, a game, as a game fan myself, like having the fictional characters – at first was kind of like a, I don't know if it was a turnoff or maybe hesitant to get the game because yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't familiar with them. But then once I got into playing and really going, it was a benefit to, to having, you know, fictional characters. Cause then, you know, I wasn't necessarily, um, you know, the, you know, predetermined like what, what had already happened in real life. You you created a whole new uh, universe out of this. And, and that to me, I, I thought was a bigger plus to the game. Person. That's cool. That's that's good. And somebody had to give it a chance, though. And that was always the obstacle was, you know, it was a totally new idea. I mean, realistically, looking back at it, it really yeah. was a whole thing. It was combining sci-fi, comic books and wrestling had not really been done anywhere near that level yet. And I anticipated resistance. And I don't mean active resistance, just the idea that you were talking about, like, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know if I want to buy this. But if you could get over that hump, people did get into the stories about the characters. Enough so that you could just keep building and building, which we're doing to this day. Yeah. One of the things that attracted me, I I can remember pretty clearly, um, the first time I saw an ad in in Pro Wrestling Illustrated or, or one of the wrestling magazines, um, and the thing that drew me in immediately is that there was, 
you know, this brief write up and it talked about wrestlers, you know, aging and changing and retiring. And, and that immediately just, it was, it was Mm -hmm. such a draw because the, the idea of being able to have a wrestler in the first set and, and then see them grow. And I remember Pulsar in particular, when I got my Mm. first set was a wrestler that I, that I kind of was just drawn to. And a part of it, I think was because of that ad, because he was the young one, you know, he, Mm. his, his card in that first set, he was going to take more losses than he was ever going to get wins, but, Mm. but there was the potential. And, Mm. and that was, was something that I, I found so, um, so compelling because I think that that's the thing that, we, we in any sport really you know you you find that rookie player who shows some sort of you know flair for something and you want to follow their career and see if they get better and it adds to the to the drama and the storytelling um that Todd mentioned and obviously you followed up a little bit Tom about the fact that you know you have you you have the rules you you have this um what i think is just fantastic uh rule set that allows for uh, matches to feel realistic and flow in a realistic manner. And, and I too like to envision them in my head. So you have that in place. Now comes the, you know, the second part, which are these characters and this story. Um, what made you decide instead of going with like these sort of generic, you know, maybe even like a pastiche of, of wrestlers that were working in 1986 or 1985, what made you decide to go and create this, this universe of your own? Because the thing is, is there are things in that first booklet that, you know, have carried through all the way to the latest set, you know, certain, certain relationships, certain stables, certain, um, uh, y- you know, intergalactic conflicts that have taken place. There's stuff that happened in that first booklet that's carried through all, all through these 50 game editions. So what was it that made you, go with that type of story as opposed to just getting some sort of, you know, Hulk Hogan lookalike to be the star of the set and, and have it be set in the eighties and rock and wrestling. Yeah. Um, I really have no answer to that other than that. I couldn't have done it any other way. You know, I just <laughs> couldn't have put up those one dimensional characters. Um, I, I, I'm into stories. I had that background, but you know, both wrestling and comic books, emphasize the importance of character development. So that just to me came, you know, quite naturally to approach it that way. During the the creation of that first set and the writing uh, of, of, you know, the very first set with these 24 characters, was there anything in particular that really helped to tie everything together for you? Uh, Any character or storyline that just all of a sudden everything seemed to click and fall into place? Um, or, or was it more like each, you know, individual piece required the care and attention and then you brought it all together? Yeah, I would say um, it, it starts off uh, looking for that holistic connection. Then there's all those details, the individual people, the individual stories. And then you're hoping it comes out in the end with that holistic thing. But I would say that's the way I always work. In other words, there's a broader theme I'm starting with, but then once you start going to each individual level of each individual character and the feuds, sometimes they alter those directions so that when you do get to the finish line, it's a different finish line than you thought it was going to be. But 
that holistic perspective comes at the beginning and the end for me. It's the middles that take up so much time. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, I can, I can imagine. Um, so for the first set, there are three characters from the first set that are in this best of set. Um, Star Warrior, Thantos, and Wolf. Um, aside from the three of those characters, is there, uh, do you have a favorite character in that first set? Uh, I've heard people say, um, when they ask a rock star, what's your favorite song? And they <laughs> say, that's like asking somebody to pick their favorite child. Um, yeah. I understand that. Um, but I do have some that I like more than others. I mean, Wolf took forever. And that's because I always envisioned that Wolf was going to be a special character. So it took us a long time to get that drawing where I wanted that to be, where it would encapsulate that character. Um, but there are some other ones. There he is. And I'm so mm -hmm. glad we put that in the new set, too. Uh, to me, that's for a newcomer to look at those things side by side. I'd be like, wow, man, look at how this thing started. That's about as basic as you can start. <laughs> but the heart was always there. Yeah. And the fundamentals were all there already. They just weren't as colorful and slick as we are today. Sure. So that's a natural progression. But, yeah, there are characters I look back at. In fact, I look back at tons. I don't even like to read my stuff. I don't sure. like to look back at it. Um, you know, because, you know, you're always your worst critic. And uh, I, so, you know, with that first set, I didn't like the way the Beast Rider drawing came out. I just didn't mm -hmm. like it. But you have to stop somewhere. You know, it's kind of like if you're recording an album, you got to stop at some point. The, he wasn't a super key character. And sure. so the, everything else was done. You got to meet deadlines, too. But you know what? The fans didn't seem to care much. I think it's an awkward drawing, but they it grew on people. You know, it worked for the way it worked. Yeah. You know, you can yeah, get away I, with a lot if you create comparing compelling characters and compelling absolutely. stories. Then people will want to see the best in whatever it is you're doing. But I didn't like it at the time, and I was eager to redo him. And I, you know what? I don't even know if the redoing was that great because you can redo something <laughs> technically like it's better it's better drawn etc but you got to have that whole aura around it it's still got to work as a totality and in that first set it did yeah for some reason everything did I, I i don't know if there was a character in that set that anybody hated i mean everybody individually but i mean collectively yeah I, for me you know i remember you know, getting that set and, and seeing that art. And I mean, there's something about Chuck Carter's work on the set that it, it does feel like this whole picture, you know, there's, there's something um, about each individual piece that fits with, you know, the next one. And so for me, you know, a 12, 13 year old kid taking those cards and putting them side by side when I was having matches, it really helped to completely just, envision the world and give a voice you know to to the characters as well i could hear their voices in my head based off of what you were writing and what these drawings were telling me and i felt like it worked together really really well and you know, like you said you know look how far we've come com you know comparing some of that artwork uh um 
from before to now. And, and Wolf is a perfect example because, you know, that, that first art is classic. Um, and, and his newest piece is, is classic as far as I'm concerned. I love that artwork. Um, the, the, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I, I just think that Daryl's work in general is, is such a perfect, uh, um, companion for, for the, the universe. So you know, lucky to met Daryl. Now think about that too. Totally different styles. Daryl and Chuck, um, they both worked. But when you look at them side by side, you'd say, you know, these are quite different. Now Chuck's strength was his ability to draw real people and caricatures made his characters seem real. And I think that they, they each drawing conferred a personality. You could tell a person, give me an evil villain like Thantos. But he mm-hmm. delivered a Thantos drawing that really conveyed a lot of character. And people loved that drawing. Even though he was a villain, he was like, to a lot of people, the most popular character in some ways. So was Wolf. Yeah. Star Warrior is your kind of cardboard cutout good guy. He was actually the easiest one because you almost have to have somebody that looks like that and acts like right. that. What helped him was putting him in a family right off the bat. So now you've actually got a family too. So he's not just this nicey, goody-goody guy that's got to be the hero. There's a story. And he's yeah. got a story with Dantos. They used to be friends. Now you got something going on here. Then you got the story with Wolf, and that developed too. He was with the gladiators for a while. And so there's a lot, lot happening, and you could see where the conflicts emerge very quickly in that first set. Yeah. I Honestly, I have to say that I think that for me personally, both then and now, one of the master strokes, honestly, in, in that first set was the, you know, alluding to the fact that the GWF had been around for a while. And you had characters like Omega um, and Thantos and Star Warrior and Wolf and the Gladiators and they, all these guys that, that had been there. You know, that this wasn't just a bunch of guys getting together for the first time and saying like, okay, we're going to make a wrestling federation and this is how it's going to go. And I think that that backstory, that that history that existed um, was so fascinating to me to the point that eventually, you know, when early classics came out, like I was so hungry to to, you know, play those years and fill in that story for for my own fed. Um, but I just think that I do. I, I, I genuinely think that that was an incredibly smart move on your part because it, it enriched the story that was in that booklet because it let our imaginations all of a sudden go and, and, and say like, Oh wow, what happened? What exactly happened between these guys? We know that they were partners. We know that there was some sort of fracture. How did it go down? And, and I think that a lot of, uh, of, you know, young promoters and storytellers were able to latch onto that and really propel that star warrior Thantos feud you know, to fuel their, their imaginations with it. Um, do you, and I, you know, you released some classic sets um, that, that did delve into those years. And then obviously there was, you know, Mike's early classic set, uh, which has unfortunately fallen out of print, but do you um, ever want to go back to those years and fill in the blanks or do you prefer to kind of keep them a little bit more, you know, as, as, as what we have is what we have and people can do whatever they want with it. No, I'm, I'm okay with that. 
I even have been doing that a little bit myself, this new set. But it was more on story, not on filling in those specific years with specific situations. But it went back to why Nexus and Kraken? Where did that all start? And I'm, I'm going to be doing more of that. This whole Origins storyline is a, is a continuing storyline. Uh, the Origins stuff, I've just scratched the surface of what's coming. <laughs> I was going to chime in here. Uh, you know, kind of mentioning, mentioning that they kind of, you know, the, the story kind of started after some buildup. Um, you know, one thing that's always been kind of, uh, you know, mentioned in the past is like Champions of the Galaxy is like the meeting of pro wrestling and Star Wars. And part of it reminded me of Star Wars. I'm a huge Star Wars fan that the movie started in episode four, right? And yeah. so you're like, you know, you have the continuation from there, but also there's some stuff that happened before. You you have illusions with there. And I think it, it's an interesting parallel that you mentioned there, like how, you know, starting off like kind of already in the middle of it really made you think about that and going back and revisiting that and seeing different things that, you know, knowing the future and, and you know, seeing the past, you know, with so many of these other little yeah. glimpses and classics and glimpses into what else you're doing is definitely uh, a great way to expand the universe, not only forwards, but also backwards and, and, and sideways. <laughs> and yeah. Sideways, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alternate universes and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're all over the... But, you know, if you be, if you create a believable universe, it must have a past. It's obviously got a future. If you create characters that are real people instead of cardboard cutouts, they have a past. They have a future. So it, it was an inevitable outcome of... Uh, the way I was a storyteller based on the stuff I read. You know, you talked about that you think my writing is very influenced or bears resemblance to Chris Claremont and some others. That wouldn't surprise me even if it was said about somebody today. I never stopped reading comics. Mm -hmm. So by osmosis, I'm part of the zeitgeist, you know, of what people are doing. Um, and I want to always be so that we feed off each other's creative energy. Yeah. I, that's why I love to still read comic books uh, because I want, I love the energy. I love the creativity. I love to be inspired by other creators. Absolutely. I, you know, I think that one of the things that, that we've been able to see um, not only with champions of the galaxy, but with comic books in general is that, you know, with the longevity of, of the form that, that the storytelling gets to take us in new and exciting places. And one of the things that I, that I genuinely feel like you've been able to do over the past, you know, gosh, I can't believe I'm about to say this because it doesn't feel that long, but 10 years or so in particular, um, is, is there's been a lot of really wonderful, um, you know, metaphysical and, and psychological and sociological elements that have been tied into the story. And, and, and it's always been there. I mean, you've, you've always played with a lot of, of, of those things, but I feel like a lot of what happened during Black Death and a lot of what we've seen with Universe Shattered, you know, there's been themes of identity. Um, there's been, you know, these um, larger moral questions um, like you were talking about. And, and it feels well-earned because I don't know that, that you were asking the same questions or at least asking them in the same way 
you know, 30 years ago. Would you, would do you think that that's true? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I yeah. think that it's inevitable. I, I, I think that as a person changes and ages, so do the issues that are important to them and the world around them. Like yeah. right now, I'm, I, I, w- I was really looking forward to when God, I knew God send capital letters, God send was going to have to go at some point. Yeah. But it always intrigued me what mortal godsend was going to be like once this was removed. And I'm enjoying the psychology of what he, godsend in small letters, <laughs> is trying to do now without that connection. And how somebody like the Dark Menace is trying to play off of those concerns for whatever yeah. his motives are. But anyway, um, so I don't know that I, I was trying to relate to something you just said, and I hope that does. No, it does. It, it does because I agree that dark. Uh, uh, I almost said dark send. Uh, Godsend has uh, has been an intriguing character um, over over these past few years because the you know, we talked a little bit about this at Galacticon. So for any listeners that were that were present then, I think they'll kind of remember. But we're talking about power. And, and and about you know this latest set in particular with with you know Godson's you know certainly his thirst for power there's but there's a larger question at play within the set of who really has the power um, you know you've got some characters that that existed you know basically as slaves and they've won their freedom and now they're you know they're considered royalty and heroes and then you know you've got this this sort of you know despot character in in, in God's end who who's lost kind of the you know the thing that the the, the awe that that people were so afraid of that made him powerful and and so I think that it, it this set kind of leveled the playing field in an interesting way um and 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 one of the things that's happened over again you know over the past 10 15 years with the sets is that there's been a lot of playing with who has the power you know for a while you had Sly Drury for instance who was clearly you know in in charge of the fed but everybody was gunning for him um but you know could they get to him and and so there was just a lot of stuff going on um that that I feel like has kind of culminated in 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 a way uh that some of these characters are clearly still around. Um, do you, um, uh, you know, uh, talking about, you know, again, as you get older and, 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 and you, you know, you value different things and you, you see things from a different perspective. Um, I, I'd love to just hear some of your thoughts on, on power in general and what it means to, to have power, you know, on, on, on how it's shared, um, it, both in terms of the game and even just in terms of life, like, you, you know, what are your thoughts uh, uh-huh. on power? Well, you know, I wish I had one of my students here right now because that's <laughs> a topic in class. And one of them is a person who's has a, a, need, a high need for power that is uh, destructive. And it's actually a, 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 th- a set of three personality traits that has a great name because it sounds very dramatic. I might even use it in the game someday. <laughs> you, you'll recognize some of our characters in this uh, narcissism, what's called Machiavellianism. That's where you use you'll you'll use people for your own ends, and you don't care about them at all. Mm-hmm. And psychopathy, which is not caring when you're actually hurting a person. Well, 
you know, that's what villains, that's what people do who are power hungry. They're mm-hmm. thinking only of themselves. The narcissism part, what can serve me? They don't look at other people as human beings with feelings. They look at them as chess pieces on a board, the way God send it does. And then um, psychopathy is actually getting some enjoyment from actually harming or hurting other people. So those are abuses of power. The game is all about abuses of power are non are not good uh, for the community and for others, and so they create conflict. And uh, I think there's positive uses of power. I think you're more likely to see that on the hero side. Although then again, you get into those moral issues again or ethical really issues. Endgame wants to use power for good. But there's always somebody else who's going to say that what you're doing isn't good. In other right. words, it's, it's true. We just don't live in a black and white world. Yeah. Now, having said that, I think we should, however, strive for good. I don't think we should throw up our hands and say, well, everything's relative after all. Um, so I think that's what your end games and your Lord Nexus's, Lord Nexus <laughs> try to do is, uh, say, okay, no, we got to draw lines. And so here's where I'm drawing them versus somebody else who, you know, uh, your dark triad people who are all about, um, it doesn't matter about ethics anyway. All yeah. The only ethics I care about is me. That's uh, Kraken, you know, that is Godsend, that is Darkest, and that is all the Aether and Overmaster. In different yeah. ways, it is those people. Yeah, no, that, I, I thank you so much because I think that that's I I couldn't have asked for a better answer honestly um, because one of the things that has has always been interesting about the game is the fact that you have had heroes um, who you know because they you know they, they they start off innocent enough you know they're just trying to defend what's right they're just you know in pursuit of of, of something noble. Um, but then once you get to a certain point, like you said, you, you inevitably become somebody else's villain. And throughout the years in the course of the game, you know, we have seen some of the, the heroes become villains and the, some of the villains become heroes because of what they were fighting for and what they were hoping to achieve. And, and I think that playing with that sort of gray area uh, is always fascinating because it tends to be a little bit more honest. Well, the power, problem is power corrupts. You know, you have revolutions that have taken place throughout history, communist revolution, others. Those people come to power, boom, they're just doing the same stuff. And, right. you know, um, it, it is a problem in society that power has that tendency. And it plays itself out in the game where some of our heroes go too far and they become villains, really, because they did that. And some of the villains, you know, they're not really all villains. A person right. like Tharkis is, more or less. Sure. That's almost like a comical caricature-ish one. But, um, but there have been some villains. Like right now, Godsend's a villain, the mortal Godsend. But there's a sympathetic element now. The, the issue yeah. is, uh, all right, you know, you were created to be a pawn of this mischief-making God, and now he's gone. What do you owe him anymore? And who are you anyway? 
And do you still have these needs or wants? And he's, as we speak, he's trying to figure that out. Right, right. <laughs> well, and I think of, you know, you mentioned Aetherin Overmaster earlier, and I think of the Aetherins in general, and, and, and having seen some of the evolutions of, of, of those characters, um, you know, even including like going back to the Civil War and, and the fallout from that, which in a lot of ways is still at play in, in, the, in, in the game world. Um, and you, you think of somebody like um, Vengeance, who was clearly kind of just, I mean, is about as bad as they come, you know, didn't really care about anybody was violent for the sake of violence, you know? Um, but then you've got somebody like thunder who always seemed to be just a little bit more noble than a lot of the other Aetherans. Like there was something about him that, you know, it was like, he was kind of above all, all of that brutality to the point that he became, I think so popular. I mean, certainly he's my favorite, you know, Aetherin, mm. uh, you know, in, in the history of the sets that, that, you know, there was a time there when he really could have given yes. any of the heroes a run for gosh, I love that new artwork so much. <laughs> Todd was just showing us the card. I'm so glad um, we got to put that in the new set. That that's yeah. part of what was attractive to me was some new stuff in there and all Absolutely. new bags, by the way, but yes. Um, but yeah, I just, you know, I, 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 I think that again, that being able to kind of play with, that you know in this in this sandbox that you've created um continues to to enthrall people and it's the reason why they've stuck around for you know 50 game editions um or or they're just coming to it within the past you know few months and 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 i can only imagine that they're they're hooked um i you know one of my favorite stories uh that, that i was able to kind of take part in is that when Todd uh, first agreed to do the podcast, um, I, I was, I had a co-host at the time, still one of my best friends, you know, it's just life gets in the way. And, and, and so he's, he's no longer the co-host of the show, but uh, he has a 13 year old son um, who was 11 at the time that we did the podcast. And, you know, Todd uh, was so generous and he, you know, he sent uh, a starter set to my friend PJ and, uh, and PJ called me up like the next day. And he was like, it's like, Liam's 11 years old. I usually can't tear a video game controller out of his hand. Now all he wants to do is play this game. And so, you know, the idea that, that, that people are coming to it now and, and, and still, you know, immediately just being, uh, um, I think, invested uh, speaks to a, a lot of what we've been talking about. Mm. So as you approach uh, the 50th edition and that, and that comes out and, you know, when did the, the idea to do this best of set uh, hit you? I had a, a story I wanted to just keep telling. Yeah. So then I thought, okay, so skip it. I'm not going to do that. New jumping on point. I don't know. Then it occurred to me, but I want to celebrate 50 game editions. Why not? Yeah, greatest hits. <laughs> You know, it's it's just a way to say, look, you might have never played before. You might have heard of this game for years. And most wrestling fans have at least heard of it. Yeah. You know, because it, it had a, a, you know, a profile for a long time. And we do with our Legends fans and our indie fans. So people know who we are. Maybe they've never tried Champions and they're like, this is overwhelming. I can't, you know. Then here, take our greatest hits. People do that with bands. Buy their greatest hits. You don't have to buy an album. Buy their greatest hits and see if you like it enough to buy the rest of their albums. 
then you can yeah. start anywhere you want. Start in 2087 or start in 2125. But now you're going to kind of get a, get a smorgasbord of what this game's all about. And if you want to come in, we'd love to have you. There's yeah. definitely a lot of Legends fans who've uh, checked it out, been wanting to check out Champions and just been kind of overwhelmed. And they were like, well, this is a perfect opportunity to give it, give it a shot and see who all these cool characters we always see people talking about are. And I think the, the variety of characters in this is, is great. Like, you know, from like the early days, but more in the modern days. And I really also like just the synergy of it that you have that wolf card, just like in the first edition, and then you have the Basilisk from the most recent edition, <laughs> both represented in here, which is really cool. Yeah. So you yeah, really get the yeah, whole flavor of I the whole agree. history. I'm hoping, yeah, to me, it's a memento. It's a, it's a party. It's yeah. a party. I didn't, I didn't price it to make money. I priced it to be affordable at under 20. Um, I'm willing to take a loss. I want to get this game into people's hands. I love it. I'm proud of it. Our fans like it. It's fun. So here you go. If this helps get you into it, great. Yeah. Well, I mean, the character list, um, it, it really, I, I think it, it just, it fits so well, uh, especially with that theme of sort of like a greatest hits. And, and there's, you know, there's a really wonderful um, array of characters that are included in the set. And some, you know, the, you, you obviously weren't, weren't going to leave out, you know, you can't leave out Wolf and Star Warrior and Thantos and Chaos and Endgame, you know, it's like some of these names just clearly had to be. Well, that's like the Avengers in uh, comics. You got to have Iron Man and Spider-Man. Right. If you're going to have a best of Marvel something, you know, there's some people that just have to be in there. Were there, were there any characters that uh, didn't make the cut that, that was difficult to say goodbye to? (laughs) Oh, definitely. I mean, I, there was a lot of questions. Uh, if, you know, there's a part of me that wanted Aegis and Murdoch in there. You know, mm-hmm. that would have taken it to, you know, the next level of the main hero and main villain. Right. Um, <clears throat> you know, some people wanted Pegasus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's a classic case of if I buy an, a Greatest Hits album from somebody, I'm going to go, oh, shoot, what the hell's that song there? Yeah. I would have rather you had this song and this one, you know, so that's just inevitable. As long as you hit most of the high notes and you make it like, see, you know, there's two audiences for this. One is our current buyers. And no, those are the only ones talking about it right now because the new people haven't had a chance to see it yet or haven't bought it yet. You know, we, we still have to do that advertising and sure. that promotion. So I, I knew it had to be strong enough for our current fans to feel it was worth it to buy it. You know, they would have to be different enough. So every game card is different. In fact, right. we've created a new concept that I know of, the composite character. You know, this isn't Star Warrior when he was 30 or 25 or 28. This is like Star Warrior Ultimate Card or something. Right, it's one right. Card. Yeah, it's going well, an amalgamation card. Yeah, amalgamation. Yeah, yeah. It is. I don't know if we've had amalgamation cards before. Um, that's why I said this has got to be a, a separate pocket universe here or planet. However, Oris... And Basilisk do not have that come amalgam card back. 
Yeah. They have an in-time card back because this is Aurus now. Right. And in fact, one of the things that came up was Aurus should be better. Well, while I could see where he possibly should be, now you're getting back to your pulsar issue. I intend to use Aurus, though. If I make him coming out of the gate, this guy who just happens to be on this planet who was chosen, somehow better now than everybody who's already been doing this, Star Warrior and, <laughs> and Game of Chaos, that strikes me as kind of unrealistic. Yeah. So I need to be able to build on his card. And that's what that is. And the Basilisk isn't a composite card. Jeez, he just got into the Fed. What composite card could he have? So he just got a slight update yeah. to make him even a little different. But like I said, you know, I nothing is created out of nowhere. It's like that first game ad where Star Warriors got a mask. Well, that was just an accident. We just right. weren't finished yet. But then it was like, all right, now we have to account for it because it was public. And now we have to do that with this. I could have just said, okay, look, here's 16 characters. Here's our best of. Enjoy it. We, we don't do things that way. It's got to be like there's got to be a story. There's got to yeah. be a reason. And I, I, that's me as much as anybody else. Well, I thought it worked. God send, you know, whim, boom, let's do this. And uh, I can still work with it. Yeah. For future development. Well, definitely, you know, when I was reading the, the booklet, yeah, it was one of those things, which the booklet is really wonderful because it's this great combination uh, of kind of a love letter and history lesson on the game while also setting up this this sort of new, uh, exciting, you know, adventure that takes place in this in this universe like you're, you're just talking about. Um, and then, you know, these great sort of capsule biographies of characters with their card years. And it's, it, 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 it's just, I think the thing that's great about it is that it's a wonderful way to attract new fans, like you've been talking about. But it's also sort of this wonderful gift to longtime fans, because there's a lot of stuff in it that, you know, acts as, again, sort of a love letter to the game and, and, and a trip down memory lane, while also, you, you know, giving us something new to explore, which I think a lot of longtime, you know, fans of the game, that's the thing we're always excited about. And it's, you know, something new happens or, you know, a new character comes along or, you, you know, um, a few years ago when you released like the four pack, the black death, you know, four pack or, or, or whatever, I can't remember exactly what it was, but you know, stuff like that. It's always, you know, something new, exciting and fun. And, and I think that this set, you know, it does that in spades. And the thing is, is that, like you said, you've got these sort of composite, you know, amalgamated card backs. You also have, you know, the new artwork for Thunder, which is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I, I, you know, and, I mean, and Matador too. That's what I was just getting ready to say. Yeah. And there's also this new artwork for Matador. And the thing that's, I think, it's so exciting about that for so many fans. And I know at Galacticon, you know, the, the, the reveal of it was, was very exciting, um, is the fact that this is a card that we've, never had another card for since the original you know so many cards got updates over the years and matador never got one so we never had updated artwork and the thing that's beautiful about this is that the you know the pose is very similar to the original pose but we've got this beautiful color artwork by daryl and 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 you know with the um colors by werner which are amazing and it's just uh yeah it's just a, i mean it's an amazing piece and again it's one of those things that i think uh, whether you're a new fan or a longtime fan, you, you want to have something like that. 
you know, the, the new set was just as much a love letter to the current fans as it was to get new ones. I think like a collector because I'm a collector. Mm. So I knew that I wanted to put things in there that if I was a fan, what would I want to see? And, uh, I, I, well, you know, I, we did our best to, to accomplish that. So, you know, we're talking here about greatest hits and all, and, 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 you know, we were mentioning sort of the, the ones that might not have made the cut. I mean, a lot of bands have more than one greatest hits album. So I guess the <laughs> question is, <laughs> could there be a, a best of part two at some point down the road? Well, one can never say in our universe, no to anything. So who knows? <laughs> but you know what? You, but you know that, we, we could go on all day. There's Bruton Massacre. We yeah. didn't even do tag, natural tag teams. Right. Um, there's Spike. Instead, you know, I, I couldn't have a million gladiators, although they've been almost all high impact. Well, and then other yeah. tag teams throughout history. The Greek gods weren't in here. Who else? You know, I mean, it's, it's really kind of endless. Uh, you got you to gotta draw the line, obviously, somewhere. And so we did it with singles wrestlers. Yeah. Well, I was excited to see the, the inclusion, you know, of a, a couple of female wrestlers as well. Um, you know, Amazonia you Thrash. Too, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, they, you know, and, and I don't think you could have made a better choice um, with, with the two that, that you picked. A lot of that was fan driven. Uh, a lot of when, when I asked for fan reaction, got a lot of Amazonian Thrash. And so I thought, all right, then let's just do it with them. Yeah. Thrash was, I mean, for, for a while, Thrash was one of my favorites and she was just always at the top of, of my women's division. There was, you know, no one could really unseat her for a time there. Um, one of the characters I think that surprised me the most in, in this best of set, not that I don't think he should be there, but I, I, I you know, you were talking about, I know what names. it's going to be, <laughs> but go on. Let's see. Uh, was Hector. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and and again, you know, I, I love the character and I love the fact that it was somebody that, you know, played these mind games and was around in different variations for a number of years. And we didn't know that at the time. So I guess my question would be, yeah, why, why Hector? Okay. No, there's a good reason for that. And I knew people would question that too. Um, I was just telling this story today in the video. Because we might have uh, two videos, one that's informational, but another one that's more of the behind-the-scenes stuff, which I'm doing with you now anyway. So, <laughs> but the, the purpose was, and this was my one definite card that I was doing for this reason and this reason alone, and that is whenever I was at conventions, selling champions of the galaxy yeah. okay here's the characters who do you want oh man i gotta take this guy in his bear outfit who is this guy <laughs> every time the newcomers would be like oh this guy's so awesome what is this guy with this bear and i told that story again today to the filmmaker who was here he said i'd had the same reaction because he never <laughs> played before he's like boy this this must be an interesting story so, because newcomers love that character just on sight, I thought I'm gonna I'm gonna put him into a set that's intended for new people. That's it. That's the reason. Yeah, 
Uh, I, I, it's, it's a good enough reason for me. And like I said, I, I thought it was cool to see him there. I, you know, I, I remember that storyline really well. And no, but in I terms just, of I, impact in the history of the game, he would be more mid-level guy, not sure. that high. But, but no, newcomers were all over that character. In that <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason. Uh, that's, that's awesome. I, I love that. Um, well, I, you know, I, I, I could talk to you all night. There's, there's no doubt about that. Um, but, uh, you know, your time is valuable. I don't want to hold the dark. Menace. I've enjoyed it too. And we've gone, I really appreciate it. I think you, you, Todd, you're fantastic to talk to. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Well, I, again, I just can't thank you enough for, for being on and, and talking about the best of set, which of course can be purchased at philsingergames.com. Um, it's, you know, it's a perfect way for folks that, uh, aren't initiated to, you know, to figure out what this is all about. Um, you know, you'll, you'll immediately, uh, I think get, you know, the, the, the thing that's nice about it is that you get a picture into so many of the storylines that have taken place over the past 50 game editions, you know, right up until present day, like you said, with Basilisk or even end game, you know, I think having end games card and the specific card that you, you know, art that you've chosen and the story that's, you know, kind of in there with this capsule biography, it's just so perfect. Um, so I, I'm really, you know, I'm just really just, uh, again, I'm such a fan of, of what, uh, what you've chosen and, 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 and having, you know, the, the sheer breadth of characters to choose from. Uh, so I think it's a perfect way for people to, to jump in. And also, you know, obviously if you're already a fan, it's, you know, it's just a perfect, uh, like we said, love letter sort of to the, to the game. So I encourage everyone to, to go ahead and check it out. Um, but in the meantime, Tom, I, again, thank you so much for joining us. I really, really oh, no, can't no, thank you enough. Let me mention one more thing, if you don't mind. Please. A long time ago, Todd will remember, I would ask our game fans to help us sell. And we had Star Warriors Salesforce a long time ago. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I would encourage our game fans because, you know, we tend to look at all of what we're doing as like a cause, that we are doing something tremendously fun and we try to show other people the same thing. Um, I, if people feel that they can do this, please get an extra best of and send them out over the holidays. Make that a gift to a game fan or a wrestling fan because that is the one. You know, if they've never played Champions of the Galaxy before, here's the way to introduce it. So our game fans are great. They've always done this sort of stuff. But I think if you want to help spread the word, this is a great way. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, again, with my theater background, uh, there was a theater that I, I worked at a number of times. And uh, the curtain speech, you know, has been burned into my brain for sitting backstage waiting for, you know, lights up. But the uh, the end of the curtain speech was always the same. If you like the show, tell 10 of your friends and make sure they tell five of their friends and we'll fill the house every night. And if you don't like the show, just keep that to yourself. <laughs> so so I, 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 while I don't expect everyone to go out and buy 10 sets and send them off to their friends, certainly, uh, I think, yeah, buying an extra set and, and giving it as a gift this year is a perfect idea. Thank you. I, you cut out a little bit there, so I'm sorry if I didn't react, but... No, <laughs> that's okay. We've, we've experienced our share of technical difficulties. Yeah. Tonight. <laughs> Thank you, Sam. Thank you, Todd. It's been a great pleasure and I look forward to hearing this and I'll post Excellent. it too. 
Okay. Excellent. Well, thanks so much, Tom. I hope to have you back on again sometime soon. I look forward to it. Take, Take care. care. Yeah. See you, Todd. All right. Thanks, Tom. Well, there you have it, everyone. Tom Filsinger uh, joined us here for uh, just a uh, – I was thrilled to have that conversation. I hope you were as thrilled to listen to it as, as I was to have it. Uh, Todd, thank you so much for your your patience. You, you let us do most of the talking. Uh, <laughs> hey, when the dark minus is on, you know, I got to take a back seat there. It's always <laughs> fascinating to listen to Tom. Uh, yeah, it's a really great conversation with you guys there too. So that, that was uh, nice to be the fly on the wall there. Yeah, I, I I really could pick his brain for hours, you know, not even just about the the game, but it, it's clear that, um, you know, he's just got so many wonderful ideas and, and you know, he's, he's so smart. And there's obviously a lot of that that finds itself, you know, finds its way into the games, um, which has always been, I think, so much fun to to track some of that. And, you know, like he was talking about, too, it's like as you get older and you see things from a different perspective, I've certainly seen some of the sets and some of the characters and certain things in a different light. And, um, it's just, you know, it's interesting to kind of think about what went into that, um, you know, and how those accidents, those, those happy accidents might've happened from time to time. <laughs> right, right, right. Absolutely. But, uh, you know, one thing that we didn't actually get to talk to Tom much about, and, and it was our intent to at least throw it into the conversation just a little bit, um, is the George Tregos Luthez hall of fame set. We, yeah, we didn't really get a chance to, to mention that, which is too bad, but I guess we're going to have to carry that weight now. And I don't think there's any better way to, to have this conversation than to kick it off with, of course, the, the headline name, um, Jack Briscoe, you know, yeah. former two-time NWA heavyweight champion, uh, one of the true all-time greats uh, of professional wrestling. And just, I think... One of those names, and there are and there are others, obviously, in the history of legends, including like Luthez or you know even Randy Savage, that really sure. cement, I, I think, the 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 legacy and importance of the game um, as being not only you know sort of that stamp of validation, like hey, we've got the real deal here, um, but important in in a way that I think that to wrestling fans, especially of a certain age, you know who Jack Briscoe is. And you appreciate his accomplishments. But there are a lot of fans out there that his name, while they may know it, they don't know a lot about him. And I think we've talked about this before. One of the things that the Legends game can do is to help kind of inform those fans and, and, and bring them names that maybe they don't know a lot about. And while, you know, Jack might not be that name for everyone, obviously, uh, I don't know. I think it's just such a great tribute to, to such an incredible talent, uh, to have this amazing card with incredible artwork by, by Werner, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And I, and I think, you know, just, the, just overall, just the, the Briscoe name, the Briscoe name, I think a lot more people these days, maybe know Jerry Briscoe from his right. you know, work with the WWE. Uh, and, you know, I was just saying, I've obviously seen more of him than Jack in my time, but definitely, you know, know of Jack and, and whatnot. And it's cool to get the, you know, to, to learn a little more of the history, kind of see what he's done. You know, I've gone back and seen some you know videos now, of him now knowing that he's in the game and just appreciating him even more. Um, and just to, you know, to touch on Jerry also, I mean, Jerry is you know, the reason that we have Jack in the game as well. Uh, he does a lot of work with the hall and, you know, with the, 
uh, Chad Olson uh, doing so much work with the, the Hall of Fame and you know having a friendship with with Jerry being able to have this come together uh, it's just been amazing and glad to have both the Briscoe uh, brothers uh, in, in, in this set for sure. Yeah. And Jerry, you know, again, like you said, he, he has a card in this set, so you can obviously, you know, have the, the Briscoes tag up, maybe even take on the other Briscoes. Briscoes uh, that, that, that's the big one. You know, I haven't played that one out yet. I've been, I've been on talking about it. I haven't done it yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, but he also filmed, you know, a, a really nice uh, video uh, that was played at, at GlackCon. Um, and I, and I believe also was on Twitter and Facebook, um, you know, kind of just announcing that his brother and he would be in the set and, um, that, that obviously the, um, uh, you know, having that George Tregos Luthez hall of fame name on the set is, is, is exciting as well. Um, the cool thing about Jerry's card is that, you know, he gets a, a card that, um, will play both as a heavyweight and a light heavyweight, uh, which I always love uh, those cards, um, yeah. you know, in, in the legend sets, we've seen a few of those, um, in the past, like Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask. And then, um, uh, and then obviously another name in this set, who's just one of my all time favorites. And, uh, I'm, I'm so, so incredibly excited to see him have a color card, uh, is Danny Hodge. Um, yeah. and, and, and very, uh, names very synonymous with the hall of fame as well. Big, big supporter of the hall, which is great to have him in there. Yeah. Um, and again, another one of the all time grades. And, and, you know, since I mentioned it earlier with the Briscoes, uh, one fantasy matchup that I would love to throw on would be Danny Hodge versus, uh, Brian Danielson, Daniel Bryan, oh, which yeah. of course you can do, um, with, uh, uh, what we've got three different versions. No, I think four different Daniel Bryan cards, right? Yeah, I think there's two black and white and two color versions. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. So, uh, so you've got, you've got four different versions to pick from. <laughs> There you go. Um, have a, have a tournament within your dot Brian Danielson to determine who's going to go and face uh, right. which version of Danny Hodge there. So, uh, yeah, and actually uh, the other thing also with, uh, with, uh, Jerry Briscoe is, yeah, you have those light heavyweight stats, but it also gives a bump to him when he's in tag matches that's uh, right. as well, which is something unique. That's the first time that that stat has, has been in there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, you know, obviously plays to their strengths, uh, you know, as, as brothers, uh, as, as well as tag team partners, of course, um, you know, the rest of the set is, is filled out by again, just some, some wonderful names. Um, you know, Baron Von Raschke, which it's great to have, you know, this card, it, oh, it fits so nicely with the, um, uh, uh, legends expansion. Was it three, number three, three. Okay. Uh, three, um, which of course, you know, pays homage to that sort of that Midwest territory. I tell you, that, uh, was, that was a name that we wanted to get in three and yeah, it didn't make it in time for that, but so glad we have him now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and some great, great matches and, you know, and tag teams that you can obviously have with him. Uh, we've got Bob Roop as well, which is a name that I've wanted to see, uh, for, for a while. Um, you know, he obviously fits so well with, uh, uh, some of those old Mid-South names in particular, you know, team him up with Ted DiBiase or, you know, have him have him go against Ted DiBiase uh, uh, amongst many, many others. Florida, you know, territory was another big territory for Bob Group. Um, okay. We've got Dan Severn, which is a great, great name to see, um, you know, colorized. He, uh, you know, one of the cool things about Dan Severn is that uh Kurt Angle just recently actually in an interview was talking about how incredible he thought that Dan Severn was and that, 
you know, the, the workload that he had at the time that he was in the WWE was just incredible because he was doing, you know, wrestling, uh, he was doing the shoot fighting, uh, you know, he was doing Japan as well as the United States. So it's like, he was working so hard and Kurt Angle, you, you know, actually said that he, he thought that Dan Severn was probably one of the, the all time greats that never gets mentioned in that, you know, in, in that strata, um, which is, which is too bad. And I think a lot of that just has to do with the fact that, you know, WWE didn't really know what to do with him, but, <laughs> right, that's true. That's true. but, uh, but with this card, you, you, uh, promoter can decide what to do uh, with the beast Dan Severn, um, and uh, uh, then we've got Dick Hutton, um, and another great name and, and former champion um, Fritz von Goring, which is uh, I, you know not only a great name but a name that again you know as I've mentioned before I've got my blind spots that was a name that I'd heard before but didn't necessarily know a lot about and so uh, once again you know it gave me an opportunity to learn more about a wrestler, um, that maybe I'd only heard of and, and didn't know a lot about. Um, and I think it's just, is, is a great name for this particular set because obviously, you know, his association with the, uh, with the hall of fame. Yeah. Then, uh, the last two are kind of our golden age ones. And, uh, you know, with a new concept within legends, you know, with all the color cards, you know, back in the black and white card days, you know, no matter what area you're in, you know, you're always kind of the same black and white tracing, but now in the color sets, you know, what do you do with the guys from like the early 1900s that there was no <laughs> color pictures of? Uh, so we brought in the concept that we, that I, we started with the old wrestling um, and bringing in the sepia tones for those, those old yeah. vintage wrestlers. Uh, so we did, you know, the new uh, update uh, for Jim Londos and then the first card for the Hall of Fame's na- namesake, George Tragos. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that that was a cool addition there. And uh, do not uh, expect to see that this is the last time you're going to see that sepia tone on some cards within the next uh, year. So I'll, oh. I'll just I'll just mention that. So there you go. That that excites me to no end because there are some some names that I would love to see in color, uh, and there are some names that I would love to see that we've you know that we've not seen even in black and white. So I I can't uh, I can't wait to see uh, who you guys are going to pull out next because I, I I love that. And when you first told me about that. Um, you know, I was sold right away, but, but seeing it, you know, actually on the card art, uh, it works so well. And, and the thing that I love too, about Jim Londos is that, you know, he's, he's the golden Greek and he mm-hmm. really does look like the golden Greek. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so having the two uh, Greek guys together there, I think that could be an interesting tag team there. So, you know, yeah. so you put them against uh produce and Actagon and see how it goes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yes. The golden Greeks versus the Greek gods. I love it. That's, there you go. <laughs> um, and yeah, you know, one of the things that's cool about having Tragos, obviously, like you said, the namesake, uh, one of the namesakes, we already have Luthes uh in in the um legend sets the color sets and uh i love in the write-up for george tragos that um we get a shout out to thez's autobiography hooker um which is just phenomenal i you know i've talked about it before on the podcast um way 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 back even before we were doing the phil singer games podcast and um you know, can't, can't recommend it enough. Um, but, but think that, you know, the more names we get from that generation in that era, the better, because again, you, you know, not to, 
at the risk of being too repetitive, it's just such a great tribute and a great resource for people to learn more about some of these names that because we don't have stacks and stacks of footage of them and, you know, we don't have, uh, um, a ton of, 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 you know, stuff we can put up on YouTube or streaming, uh, that this is a great way to, to sort of memorialize them. Um, and, and so I'm always grateful for those, for those names. Um, but of course those aren't technically speaking, the only names, uh, that, that we got, uh, this, sure. this go around because we also have the prime names, um, which one of the names in particular, I will say for last is probably, just uh, it was like the icing on the cake for all the great names in the in the Tragos Thez set, um, but we get a great JJ Dillon card, um, mm-hmm. which is just just a lovely. It's JJ Dillon, uh, you know, the wrestler. Um, yeah, uh, JJ Dillon, the manager, uh, which of course we already got in um, uh, uh, set two uh, of Legends of Wrestling Color, um, and, and this is just a a wonderful card. The art is fantastic, um, and he you know he'll fit nicely into anybody's sort of you know, sixties, uh, fed, if they're, if they're running, you know, fed with sixties wrestlers or just, you know, at the lower card of, of any fed for that matter. Sure. Um, also on the theme of, of not quite jobbers, but almost jobbers, we get a, a great card for Rick McCord. Um, mm-hmm. and then the last one, which again, just one of my favorite cards, favorite names, not necessarily the card. I mean, the card is great, but the name I'm just so excited to have is the spoiler. Um, you know, if you've had the chance to read, uh, Gary Hart's book, there's a lot of stuff, uh, in there about the spoiler. He managed the spoiler for a time. And, uh, of course, anyone who, uh, knows their history on the undertaker knows that that's where he got his famous old school move from. Uh, so it's just really cool to have him in the game and have this great artwork for him. Um, uh, so anyone who's, who's not yet uh, ordered their prime cards, I can't recommend them enough. Uh, you know, not only did we get the Gilberts last time around and the, the, um, uh, the Lucha guys, the, the first time around, but now we've got these great cards for JJ Dillon, Rick McCord and the spoiler. Yeah. Awesome year of uh, legends prime. And yeah, I'm just going to say one more thing about the spoiler that, uh, you know, the legends team and myself had so much fun, uh, teasing the fans online. Yeah. That's, uh, it, it does. It, yeah. I, I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that on many levels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess the, the question would be as much as you could possibly tell us anyway, uh, now that we've got the new set, I mean, obviously people are already asking what's next for legends. Can you, can you give well, us any hints? Well, I say we'll, you're going to get a lot more information uh, pretty soon. And we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast there. We gave a little bit of spoilers, uh, not to go back to the word spoiler again, but uh, <laughs> you're back, back at Galacticon saying there might be something from like the Northeastern U.S., uh, you know, kind of focused guys there. But um, we'll talk about a little bit at the end of the podcast when you might find out a little bit more. So, but just you know, st- stay tuned with that. Excellent. Um, so the other set that we got released um, uh, just this past week would be our Best of Indies uh, tag team set. Um, yep. Such such a great set. There are some names that I'm just so, so excited to have. We've got uh, a couple of updates, um, but we've also got some, you know, some brand new names. 
Um, I happened to actually be there the night one of these names was signed, uh, which was cool. And um, just, just, yeah, excited. I mean, obviously I think that, you know, Aussie Open is a huge, huge get for the game. Um, Kyle Fletcher, Mark Davis, and they're great cards. Um, you know, they look great. I love Kyle Fletcher's art in particular. Um, and then, uh, of course, we've got uh, the Besties, um, which uh, we get the Davey Vega uh, update, which is is great. Uh, and then Matt Fitchett, who is the name that I was there the night that he was signed. Uh, That's what I figured you were going to say. It was the name. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because uh, it's so funny because Zeke and I were talking that night. We we went to an uh, AAW show here in Chicago. It was the night that um, Tetsuya Naito was here. Yeah. So we we saw Naito. Uh, and uh, while we were, I think it was around like the intermission break or something when we were talking and, um, and Zeke was like, you know, oh, well, you know, I've already talked to that guy. I've talked to that guy. I've talked to that guy. And I was just like, have you ever talked to Matt Fitchett? Cause it would be really cool if we had the besties in the game, you know, and cause I've been here in Chicago, I've seen them for a while. And, uh, and, and, and he was like, oh, you know what? I haven't talked to him. So he talked to him. He talked to another guy, uh, who's not yet in the game. So I'm not going to say his name, but, uh, I just, afterwards I wanted so badly to just be like, did he, did he, you know, did he, did he sign it? And, you know, and Zeke, of course, was gracious enough to, to let me know that he had signed. So I'm just excited to finally see him in the game and, and finally, see the yeah. tag team uh, represented, which is which is great. Um, do you want to talk about a couple of the other teams we got here? Yes, I mean, I think the one good thing here is it's, you know, a nice representation of tag teams from around the Indies. So you, so you mentioned Aussie Open, which has been making some great waves over in England right now over the last, you know, last, you know, couple of years there. Um, you know, Midwest, we got the, you know, the besties who, you know, is awesome. We had that Davey Vega card uh, from the AIW set before, but, you know, it was a very different character. And so like, you know, yeah. we, we try to, you know, a lot of these best of the Indies, we try not to do updates, but then you get those two updates that really made a lot of sense. Um, so yeah, having the besties in there, we have, uh, from the Northeast is um, the uh, Bear Country. Uh, big fans of them out of the, uh, the Beyond Territory. They've been doing a lot of stuff there. Bear Bronson, uh, uh, trained by Brian Myers, who recently had a card as well. Uh, and then we have the uh, Revolt from down in North Carolina area, so kind of your Southeast uh, area. And then uh, the wild cards, which is a team, you know, that uh, you know, came together on a you know, completely different you know, stage. They're kind of like more of a you know, national team this past uh, year or so. Um, yeah. And so, you know, we want to include them. So you know, it's, it's, it's a good opportunity to like, you know, a couple guys that, you know, it did, you know, maybe didn't make sense to have as like singles cards in like a, in a, in a regular uh, set that we do. But uh, having, you know, the, you know, something just focused on tag teams and being able to get some of these great teams that we want to do, uh, definitely, uh, you know, this was a great opportunity to, to bring some of those names into the game and really fill out people's tag divisions for sure. Absolutely. You know, one of the things I love is that like with, with Caleb Conley, you know, getting, getting that update um, for, for, the, uh, for the revolt is that I, I genuinely feel like the – you can use his original card for single. Like if you're, if you're yes. uh, going to have him in your fed, you can still use that original card from evolve as his singles card. And then still you use this updated card for his tag card. Yeah. I think yep. it, it still works really, really nicely. Um, yep. I will ask though, we'll have a, we'll, we'll, let's have a little moment here about rules clarification. 
because yeah. it's something that I know uh, I've wondered about and other, other promoters have wondered about, and, and maybe you can give us the official standing. So a new fan orders this set because their favorite tag team is in it. And they look and they see, you know, all these tag finishers, which is awesome. But you've also got these singles finishers and they think, well, you know what? I'm going to throw this guy into a singles wrestling match. And they roll their tag finisher in a singles match. Now, I know some people will re-roll on level six offense, but there's also that rule out there where you roll up to level two offense. Right. You know, the thought being that because this is a tag team wrestler, they're not as well versed in, you know, singles wrestling. So they might have a hiccup on offense at, at some point. What is your call on that rule? That is a tough call. Well, the one thing I'll say is there's also <laughs> some tag, some tags in level one. So it's not like you can grow up to level zero on that. Right. Right. You know, uh, I, let's see. I tend to re-roll in the same level, but yeah, yeah, that's a tough call. You know, like yeah, this, I don't think I don't know how well defined that is or not. Uh, to be quite honest, I tend to re-roll in the same level though, is where I go. But I'm sure people are going to dispute that. So you just <laughs> if you have guys in tag finishes, book them in tag matches. There you go. That's all I say. <laughs> tag matches only. Uh, no, yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I I usually do the the re-roll uh, on the same offensive level, um, just because I think that. You know, there, there, there was a time and, and luckily, you know, in particular in the Indies, it does seem like we're, you know, we're not missing on it, but on a national level, tag team wrestling was, you know, so prevalent that you, you know, you had tag teams that only wrestled tag team matches. And if a right. guy went off and wrestled a singles match uh, and, and it wasn't against a tag team that they were already feuding with, it was a big deal. It was a sign that maybe this tag team was drifting apart or somebody was hurt or something like that. Uh, but these days, you know, you've got, you've got guys that are, you know, tag team wrestlers that go off and win a singles belt, you know, sure. it, but they're still in a tag team. Um, so it, to me, yeah, the, the rule right now just makes more sense if you reroll on the same offensive level instead of punishing a guy, you know, for having a tag finisher. Um, but generally but, the tag, generally the tag move would be one of your stronger moves anyway, Right. So like, you know, re-rolling on the same level and not being able to get one of the strong moves, I think is almost punishment enough in my mind, but people disagree, you know, that's, you know, something that, you know, we can figure out down the line, but yeah, that, that's kind of, that's kind of the way I'm, I feel about it. And we'll see how much backlash we get on that afterwards. Right. right. <laughs> take it to the message boards. <laughs> there you go. Take it to the message board. Uh, and one more thing, I just want to mention the three indie prime cards that we did uh, this yes. quarter. Also, also very tag focused. So guys that have a tag partner within the game, that you know that that you can put them in with um you know the key one you know so the, there's two that we had in there first um well you know it was a uh, trey miguel uh who was part of the rascals um um and you know it, it kind of will work all of them although he's been doing a lot of singles more recently but you know you will definitely see him tagging up with uh, zachary wentz or desmond xavier on occasion there they, they still do that regularly so it's cool to have them in there as that trio absolutely um, i was so excited to see him yeah so we've been more we've been holding on to him for a while kind of figuring out the right time and this seemed like the, the right time is getting that that partner in there uh and then uh, trey lamar was a more recent signing um and you know he's definitely come into his own a lot uh, more recently and you know tagging with aj gray who we just released in the best of the indies uh 2020 
this May. So, you know, that one kind of made sense. And he was very excited about getting a card there. Uh, now, the third card originally, uh, I'll give you a little behind the scenes here. Originally, um, the third card uh, was going to be Zane Riley um, as, as that, that third one with the tag partner. But then, you know, given that uh, Caleb was already in the game, but then really kind of seeing like, you know, how, you know, how different he kind of, Caleb was in the tag team and really kind of, I also really liked the reference uh, photo there and kind of wanted both of them in there together. Uh, mm. And, and it also then opened up a spot then uh, for Kevin Koo, who is someone I really, really wanted in the game, who was a regular tag partner with Dominic Garini um, with Violence is Forever. And that's someone I really wanted to get into the game. So uh, it all kind of made sense and worked out giving, you know, moving Zane and, and Caleb into the, you know, to get their own cards in the main set and then being able to fit uh, Kevin uh, into prime, I think was a, a nice bonus there. I agree. And I, I love that artwork. I, I think that he just, you know, there's so much attitude in that, in that piece. And uh, I, I think uh, it's a, it's a great card. Um, and, and again, you know, having both uh, Trey Lamar and, and, and Trey Miguel uh, also, you know, you know, great, great names to round out you know, this particular release for the, for the Indies prime. I mean, honestly, Indies prime this year has just been so on point. I mean, you've got the Eric Stevens card, you've got the amazing Mercedes Martinez update. Um, and now, you know, these three, uh, added to, you know, already again, just a, a great, a great lineup. Um, I, you know, if promoters are sleeping on prime man, they, they need to, <laughs> they, they need to just uh, order as soon as possible because prime is, is, has been well, well, well worth it. Yeah. And we're trying to make something, you know, it's definitely very well worth it. Uh, you know, each quarter that we're doing sometimes tie you, know, if we can tie it into the set that we're doing, uh, that's great. You know, we had a couple of the guys, you know, at the same time that we did, uh, you know, with Best of Mexico earlier in the year, you know, that, that, that fit in well there. Having this gun with the tag teams, I think, made a lot of sense. Uh, and then I'll mention also for Prime in Q4, we're giving the power back to the promoters. Yeah. Uh, so we just announced uh, this Monday, uh, put up polls up on the message board for three different cards. We're doing uh, a male update, a female update, and a non-wrestler card, uh, three options for each, and we're letting uh, letting fans decide. It's it, I, I got to be honest with you, it's tough. Like it I'm, is a tough I, decision. I, yeah, I'm looking at these, and like no one, like I can make a case for any of the names. You know, you've got oh, Alex yeah, Colon, Eddie Edwards, and Willie Mack for the male wrestlers. Allison Kay, Jordan Grace, and Kimberly for the female wrestlers. And then Larry Legend uh, as a ring announcer, Marty Elias referee, and Selena De La Renta manager cards. So, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I am, uh, I really am stuck. Uh, you know, <laughs> if, if I'm looking at the female wrestlers, for instance, like I love Allison Kay's card already. I think she's got a good card. You know, it's 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 it it does what it needs to do. But let's face it, you know, she has taken on. I think an entirely new standing in women's wrestling uh, to yeah. the point where, you know, you could kind of almost look at now that Mercedes has gone into uh, you know, WWE system, like you could make a legitimate case for Allison K being like the, you, you know, the, the figure, you know, the, the torchbearer uh, in, in the same way that Mercedes Martinez was, you know, Jordan Grace has obviously, 
done so much since her first card was released. Um, that was a tag you know, focus card too. That's yeah. right with Lufisto. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and so it would be great to see that. Kimberly, it's, you know, the thing about Kimberly's card is maybe, maybe she would be the one that I might be willing to be like, okay, I don't know if she needs it because her princess Kimberly card from Chikara is, is pretty, you know, pretty yeah. stacked. Um, but it's the princess the gimmick. Champion. So that was, yeah, that's the one with me. I was like, yeah, she's shimmer champion. Now she's not a princess. Like, yep. you know, as far as the gimmick there, like maybe that makes sense. Yeah. Move set, move set would be different. Art would be different. She's more of a heel now compared to, you know, obviously the princess gimmick. She was a face. So yeah, yeah. stats wise, we've got a great card for her, but when you look at where she is now, it's very different um, without a doubt. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for me. And then, you know, of course, when you got the men, like, I, yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of people are probably going to make a case for Willie Mack. I know he's got a lot of, uh, a lot of fans. Yep. Uh, yeah. what's well, funny answer. That was the third. We had Eddie Edwards and Alex Cologne. Cause we have Cologne is very different when, from when we put his card out and now he's so much more of a, you know, deathmatch hardcore wrestler. And we wanted to kind of focus more on that. Eddie Edwards, you know, very different kind of character from when that first ROH set came out. Um, sure. And then Willie Mack is like, you know, he's a popular guy, like a little bit of a different move set, like could, you know, but it, it's like, okay, th- I think that one makes sense. Like, cause actually he wasn't on our list when we were first going and then we put out on the board, like who are some of the ones there and somebody mentioned him like, you know, that'd be a great one to do. And, you know, we put him on the list and like, at least the early voting, he was getting a lot of, a lot of support, which was great to say. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Uh, just speculating, like, you know, we're not going to be the ones writing the stats, but I, I think you can make a case for, you know, for uh, most of these talents to have a bump up, you know, stat wise, yeah. you know, maybe Kimberly would be a slight downgrade just because that princess Kimberly card is pretty strong. It's pretty all strong, things yeah. considered. Um, would you, would you see Eddie Edwards as being almost a little bit of a downgrade from his ring of honor card? Cause that ring of honor card technically kind of represents around the time when he had been, you know, ring of honor world champion. He's got a lot sure. of down threes on level three defense. So, you know, I guess I could see that as being maybe a case for a card, you know, that would drop one of those or, you know, whatever. But mm. uh, just with where he is now compared to where he was then, would you think, would you, would you think downgrade stay the same or, or upgrade? Up decisions on how to how to stat some guys there and i'm like yeah that sounds good <laughs> um i mean willie mack i would definitely give an upgrade to uh from totally. where he is at yeah I'd totally give that i know some of the hollywood ones were not as strong like those first sets there were not as strong as some of the other cars that came after it um yeah. and uh yeah edwards again yeah, i don't know i think it might just be a different style of it uh, I, we'd really have to have to see like it just might, it might be yeah you, know, you might you know see it maybe a downgrade in offense and maybe an upgrade in defense perhaps something like that yeah I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. um and um, the ones I'm usually most involved with actual stat creation is the non wrestler cards so it's interesting you know coming right. up with the the list for that um you know uh, th- there's just some interesting ones now Larry Legend is one that I signed at CZW. Uh, tournament of death of like, I don't know, maybe it's like five years ago or something like that. Uh, and I've been wanting to do a card from forever. It's never kind of fit in the right thing because he hadn't, we were kind of having a lot of the promotion, um, specific ones. 
he didn't quite really fit into anything there. And then, you know, um, I think if we were going to do something with like GCW, I know he does a lot of stuff for their spring break and stuff like that. Although I don't think he did it this year. Uh, and I, unfortunately I will say the one I know the least about is Selena De La Renta. Cause I do not watch much MLW, but I know she got a ton of support early on. Um, you know, when we were asking for names and that was one that Zeke signed and one that he was like, we got to put her in the poll. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I think she'll be a manager and maybe even something authority figure wise with it too. There might be some type of thing where she helps bring in different wrestlers. So even though I don't think we have a lot of wrestlers that she actively manages now in MLW that she matches, manages in MLW now, I think that it could be, you know, just, you know, bringing in different guys. It could be some guys from the best of Mexico set that might fit in well. Um, yeah. Well with her here. We'll say you know, the interesting thing is too, is that, I mean, she, you could make the case for her having uh, a wrestling card as well. You know, I mean, she's, she's oh, sure. wrestled quite a bit, um, uh, on the independent circuit, but, uh, I, I mean, obviously, yeah, they're, they're, they're exciting names at any time, you know, the fans get to kind of have a part in, in choosing what the next name is going to be is, is super exciting. So, um, you're going to hear this a lot this time of year but I'll go ahead and throw it out there one more time in a completely different fashion. Vote. Your vote counts. <laughs> well, well, exactly. And that, yeah, that was, I think, part of it, too, is like, oh, we could tie it into, you know, election season now and voting. It, it just makes sense, right? You yeah. Know, when this yeah. Time it's an election year. Let's, you know, let's get out the vote. Let's do get it. out the vote promoters. <laughs> this is uh, obviously <laughs> the most important thing you're going to be voting on in the next month, for That's sure. All, so, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that, that gives us a little hint into the, the future. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more about what's next. Um, you obviously have an announcement that you wanted to make. Sure. Um, and uh, I think that that'll help to, to, to let us know when we can be hearing more about what's next. Yeah. So, you know, I think we got some great feedback after Galacticon uh, about people being able to connect uh, virtually online. I think, you know, going into that event, we didn't know what to expect. Uh, We didn't know how people would receive it. Uh, and I, you know, I think it exceeded most people's expectations. You know, there was definitely some, uh, some people a little skeptical going in and, uh, we, I think, I think it really worked out great. I, you know, you were a huge help on that with all the panels there. So thank you so much for all oh, that. You had a blast. Yeah, I think I think it was a great time, and so I think we really want to build on that. So um, you know, we have you know I'm already thinking ahead, you know, kind of already through to probably next summer what we want to do in terms of you know some events, and we want to do another virtual event, and uh, that is actually what the plan is. Um, so the next virtual event we're going to do is only in about a week and a half away. I know we're not giving you <laughs> much lead time on that, but it's going to be a, sh- a shorter day. It's not going to be a two-day Galacticon extravaganza. Uh, this is going to be taking place on Sunday, October 25th, and it's going to be our holiday kickoff event. Um, so uh, we'll be doing it through Zoom again. Um, the main event is going to be at 5 o'clock Eastern on Sunday the 25th. Uh, so five to about six o'clock. And at that point, we're going to be going through all the holiday releases that we have. So you're going to be hearing from 
um, the, uh, the indie team. You're going to be hearing from the Legends team as well as on the Champions of the Galaxy side what our releases are for all those, along with we'll be showing off the artwork and naming the first characters in each one of those sets uh, nice. at this event. So it's going to be kind of like an online press conference. And we're going to have another release as well um, for that that we'll mention at the at the press conference then as well. I guess we're calling it a press conference. I don't know. I couldn't think of a better way to call it. But the whole event is like our holiday kickoff uh, event there. Uh, in addition to that, you know, kind of the you know mini panel thing from five to six, uh, we will be doing uh, some game events uh, that afternoon. So from between 2 and 5 Eastern, we'll be running uh, some tournaments featuring all the new cards that we just released in the past month. Uh, so we will have an eight-team indie tag team tournament. We will have a, um, a Legends tournament, uh, I think, with all, definitely with all the Hall of Fame cards and maybe even uh, some of the Prime cards we just released there, too. Uh, nice. And then we'll be running the uh, Tournament of Champions uh, for Champions of the Galaxy. Uh, and what we're going to do is uh, uh, look out for, on the website, uh, I think, this Wednesday night. Uh, the 14th, uh, probably soon after this the podcast drops or right around the same time the podcast drops, um, we will be doing, uh, we'll be you know, starting signups for that. Uh, so you'll sign up, register through Zoom, and then when that day hits at uh, 2 o'clock, we'll be able to kick off the tournaments. You'll be able to let us know which tournament you prefer to be in. Now, not everybody's going to be able to get a guy because we're only doing a certain number for each one. Uh, but if you win your tournament, then you will get a uh, set of your choice in that line. So if you win the Indies tournament, you will be able to get any Indies set that you want, including if you want, you can get the holiday set for free. Um, same with, thing with Champions and Legends. If you win the Legends tournament, you get any Legends set you want. Uh, so, you know, just something, you know, fun, you know, interactive, you know, and then everybody kind of, you know, if you win, you get something else after it. We're not going to charge for this event there. It's just going to be, you know, free free of charge to be part of that. You know, we just kind of want to get the community together, get everybody excited about everything that we're doing. Um, and then we'll also have some more, uh, you know, some um, announcements about what to expect the beginning of 2021. So like why I said this might be a smaller event here. There might be something a little bit bigger in January. Uh, and we'll have a lot more details on that. At this at this event as well, we'll be able to share with you, with you at that point. Excellent. Well, I mean, it's, it certainly sounds can't miss. I, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I have a feeling I know what uh, what one of the announcements is, so uh, I, I will keep that under wraps. But I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm certainly looking forward to uh, uh, the reaction from from the rest of the community. And um, yeah, I. I there's, there's no. If you're listening to this podcast, then clearly you're going to want to be there. Uh, of so, course, yeah. I think everybody who's listening at this point is probably going to be there for sure. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you are listening, you know, I just want to take a moment to say thank you. Um, the, you know, the podcast itself has has certainly gone through its its bit of, of hiatus and has really only been uh, returning lately for the the Phil Singer Games uh, podcast, but. Uh, we've just been having uh, a lot of fun every time we do these and, and are certainly looking into making it more of a regular thing. Um, even if that's not necessarily under the King of Pro Wrestling banner. So, uh, you know, during this particular time when so many of us are either working from home or, you know, not getting out as much, uh, I know that, uh, 
that we're listening to more, we're watching more. And I just thank you for, for taking the time to, to listen to us. And, and certainly, you know, if you're a part of this community, um, in some ways, it's, it, there's no better time to be a part of it because there's a lot of exciting things happening and we've got, you know, maybe some extra free time to play, to play a little bit more. So <laughs> it's not all bad. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Unless, of course, you're Todd, in which case he has pretty much no extra time to do much of anything. How do you really record this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, say, I, I have played out my Tournament of Champions so far, and I am the one person who had Mandrill win the tournament of all people, uh, who I think had the, the lowest raw rating of any of the guys there, except for maybe Hector. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, and I have been, uh, you know, played out some of my center fed, uh, this week, I have a big tournament going on there. So I've been trying nice. to fit some uh, more playing back in, uh, best I can. And, and I do look forward to, you know, soon doing some of these online tournaments. I had a blast with them at Galacticon and, you know, you know, looking forward to, uh, playing against some other people, at least, you know, virtually there pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny you, you mentioned Mandrill, uh, but one of the other names I meant to ask Tom about, not because, again, I, you know, I think it's fantastic that he's in the set, and I'm, I was really, really glad to see his name, uh, is Max Shield. I, I actually wanted to talk a little bit more about Max in the set. Uh, I'm curious as to how he's doing in, in, in people's tournaments, just because, you know, it is a pretty, it's a pretty powerful card, all things considered, and, you know, mm-hmm. clearly he's got some stiff competition um but uh but yeah i've seen the, yeah, um, we, we have a poll we have a poll going online on the message boards of you know who's winning each one and you know there's a couple names that like it's interesting i haven't seen anybody win win with star warrior thantos yet which is kind of mm. kind of odd uh and i don't think i don't know if we, anybody did wolf either but you know someone did win with oris someone did win with the you know i think troy won with the basilisk uh wow. like, yeah yeah there's, there's been some uh some impressive ones out there for sure well, I'm going to have to now. Now that you've said this, I'm definitely going to have to roll mine and and contribute my results because I've not I've not had a chance to play in a little while, unfortunately. But uh, uh, I'll definitely get my tournament of champions on. I would love to see Thunder win, but knowing my luck, he'll like you know go out in the first round, and I'll just be stuck rolling matches with other people. Um. <laughs> uh, well, so I'm interested to see who wins the official one. Uh, you know, and uh, on the 25th, that that should be uh, pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's wide yeah. open field in that one. I think on the on the uh, Legends one, you know, I got to give the the edge to uh, Jack Briscoe. I think whoever draws that card's probably got the advantage, most likely. So, For sure, <laughs> it's a yeah, it's a stacked card. I didn't get the chance to really talk too much about that earlier, but uh, it is it is one heck of a card. It's certainly going to give anybody. Uh, in, on the legend side, a run for their money. Um, you know, I, matches between him and Thez would be great. Him and Harley Race, obviously, would be fantastic. There's just so much, so much cool stuff uh, to do with that card alone. Not to mention the rest of the set. Um, and of course, there's more exciting stuff coming soon. So, uh, you, you know, lots of stuff up. coming soon. Yes, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Man, yeah, even I, even. And even more surprises coming the beginning of the year that you're probably not expecting. So yeah, definitely, you know, definitely keep your keep your uh, you know keep your eyes on what we got. Uh, we're showing on the page on the uh, the website on the message boards. Uh, you know, stay active with what we're doing. Uh, we're having a lot of fun, and you know, th- big plans coming up for 2021. Uh, you know, we say that every year, but you know, it's 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 it seems to be more true than ever uh, right now. 
Yeah. You know, that's the thing. The, the, the game has just always continued to grow and expand. And, and this is a time, you know, this past year has been kind of a time like unlike any other. And I think given, you know, the opportunity that, that really, um, you know, you've capitalized on, on a lot of that and, and, and Galacticon was such a huge success and so much fun that now it gives you know the perfect springboard into kind of what's next and uh and and as you've mentioned you know these these sort of virtual hangouts are not something that will go away you know when things kind of return to to whatever the new normal will be um mm-hmm. that this is something that you know the, the hope is to keep around long term and, and and do these every once in a while because as fun as it is to get together in person obviously we can really only usually do that once a year so why not you know get together a few times a year doing this other thing um you know even when we can go out into the daylight and shake hands <laughs> with our neighbors again <laughs> right 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 well, as I said, I think, you know, uh, you know, necessities of the mother invention and, you know, it's something that we probably wouldn't have tried necessarily. Maybe we could have, but like, you know, I was never on a Zoom call before, you know, everything started in March there. And I've been on it since, you know, a whole bunch since and just kind of seeing the technology and seeing the possibilities. I think, you know, in some ways it can bring certain ones of us closer together. And, and I like, you know, being able to bring this community together so yeah yeah, that's that's definitely the plan going forward is is to have something like this we have the technology we have the ability to do it um you know and i want to make sure that that we that we can do that going forward Absolutely. I, you know, I think that, that, uh, that ultimately that will kind of be one of the things that we take with us, uh, you know, just as a society in general from the pandemic is that, you know, all of these wonderful tools that we have around us that are, you know, everybody always says, oh, it's going to bring us closer together. It's going to bring us closer together. Well, in, in some ways, maybe it hasn't brought us closer, but at least it's kept us in contact in ways that we might not have been able to and and has proven, you know, the usefulness of it. And and it's an opportunity now for like you're talking about Galacticon that nobody's going to get le- left out. You know, you can't make right. the trip to wherever it's going to be held. Don't worry about it because you can still be a part of it. Um, and, uh, and and there's always next year. You know, that's what I used to tell yeah, myself. Exactly. Like, well, I didn't make it this year. It's going to be next year. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, I just want to say thank you again um, to Tom for uh, obviously for joining us um, for, you know, all the work on, on, on the game line, you know, for being the creator, for being the one that, that has helped to you know, bring this community together and to shape this community and continues to entertain us with the stories that he tells. Um, it was just wonderful to, to be able to, to speak with him. Um, obviously Todd, it's always a pleasure and, and I can't thank you enough for, you know, continuing to kind of have me along for the ride because it's been, um, it's been so much fun. Um, and then of course to, you know, to all the other hands that, that, that are, uh, helping to, to work the engine right now. Um, you know, in particular, you've got the legends team, uh, Tim Dalton, Chad Olson and Corey Olson, um, Stu Lowry, you know, working, um, to, to help sign these wrestlers, to, to put together the, the stats and the, the bios and everything. Um, you know, of course, Mike, um, you know, helping doing all the editing and everything Warner, uh, with the art. Um, you know, it's just, it's, it's such a team effort and, and it always is. And that legend set is, is fantastic. Um, and, and, and I think just, again, a great representation of, of what this community uh, can do because, you know, it's like before, before people were creators, they were fans. Um, and, and, and I think that that's just a testament to, um, 
to what you know to 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 the kind of the inclusivity and, and the community that's been created and you know the indies team as well um you know zeke um just just you know sign names out there like it's his job <laughs> um, i gotta tell yeah, you and ty's done a hell of a lot uh, this year too on the women's side there like the the the, the, the women's set that's uh, coming up soon like he you know he's very responsible for that so big props out to him as well and, nah, you know yeah, zico is contributing awesome. a lot of the, to that to that one as well too but uh, yeah, some great, great people that we have on the team. Uh, I'm glad to have you as part of the team too, as well. Sam, uh, yeah, I think brings some different life into into what we're doing and make sure that we're sharing you know, everything that's going on and uh, with 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 the uh, Phil Singer Games community. So, and you know, hoping to you know expand that more as we as we go forward. Um, you yeah, know, we're looking to do some new ways of reaching out to fans and and you know keeping everybody you know knowledgeable of what's going on and including them in what we're doing. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The you know just just uh, moving things forward and 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 new and exciting ways for people to engage with uh, the you know the the product um, and 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 finding new ways to you know not only to. Uh, tell stories and, and, and create content. Um, but just kind of keep us, keep us even closer together as a community. And, um, you know, for such a long time, it's like, we were talking about this not too long ago. It's like, there was the guest book on the website, you know, forever oh, yes. ago, and that's how people really talk to one another. There were all the, the Yahoo mailing lists that everybody was a part of that, you know, that, that, that was how you shared, uh, characters and, 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 uh, bootlegs and you know, results and that sort of thing. And, you know, now we've had the message board for, for quite a while now and the message board kind of has, has served as that outlet. And I think, you know, that, that there are other avenues to keep exploring and, you you know, I'm always um, gratified not only, you know, as a content creator. Oh, I hate using that word. It sounds so, so weird. But anyway, uh, <laughs> you know. Slinging uh, some tent, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and as a... Um, as a, uh, as a fan as well to, to see that, um, the podcast, you know, continues to be well received and, and that people, you know, have, have offered their comments and you know, offered to be on. And, and there's definitely, you know, I, I want to have, uh, you know, Chad and, and, and Corey and Tim on again, um, and, and talk to them more about like some of the new legend stuff. Um, you know, and just the opportunity to kind of keep, uh, um, keep getting new fans as well. And, you know, and even just seeing the numbers on the podcast and realizing that, you know, some of the episodes that we've done are, are downloaded more than, you know, some of the, the regular episodes that I've done in the past. Um, and, and just seeing that is, is, is really satisfying. Not, you know, again, not just as the host, but, um, as, as a fan of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. And if you have other things you want to see us do, let us know. We're we're pretty open uh, you know, to to different comments there, and you know, different suggestions and th- ways that we can uh, do things better, or do things in different ways. So definitely, yeah. let us know. We're yeah, and we're we, that we're game fans too. We wanted the best for what, what we're what we're all playing. So exactly. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've been a little bit, a little bit looser kind of with the format this time around, just because obviously having Tom on and, and, and dialoguing and while I had some questions prepared, you know, most of it was just kind of us having a conversation and, uh, which was, which was awesome. And, you know, we were able to cover all the stuff that we normally cover, but I think something that we certainly want to do in the future is, you know, is have segments that are devoted to certain aspects of, of, of the game and the community and, and, and the fandom. And, um, so, you know, any thoughts and ideas that anybody has, you know, feel free to, to drop us a 
line. Um, you know, obviously I post these on the message board so you can just reply to, you know, the message on there. And I haven't been super active lately, but I'm always lurking around reading stuff. So, uh, uh, you know, feel free to hit us up and, and, and let us know what you think. And if there's anything in particular you want to see or hear about, you know, we're happy to, um, to see what we can do to cover that in the future, uh, regardless of, of what other forms this may take as, as we move forward. So, um, so thank you guys uh, again for listening. Um, and Todd, thank you again. It's always a great time. Uh, but I think it's, I think it's time to, uh, to head off to, to, to call this, uh, call this one a night. Absolutely. Yeah. Just, uh, keep, Keep an eye on us, uh, you know, on Phil Singer Games on Twitter and, uh, and on the message boards. Uh, there'll be stuff popping up there for sure. And, uh, you know, we're going to be, you know, after that, uh, you know, definitely join us October 25th. That's going to be our big kickoff. And then for the whole month of November, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you're going to be seeing brand new stuff wow. coming out. Some of it's going to definitely blow you away uh we got some great (laughs) stuff coming out for sure that's awesome i cannot wait i cannot wait yeah definitely promoters in the meantime keep your dice rolling uh we're gonna we're gonna go for the finish here and uh and get out of here for now but uh, again thank you all so much for listening take care of yourselves and one another and uh we will be back soon enough remember october 25th find all the information either uh at philsingergames.com or at philsingergames on twitter uh or of course hit up the uh the message boards um you can find the link to those of course on the main website as well uh but thanks again take care and we'll talk to you again soon 